You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 178, Side B. podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, reviewing the things you love today and the things you might have loved yesterday. My name is Chaz Maverick, and I am joined by Biff Magnum. Hey, what is up, Chaz? That was weird the other day. What the? It was. I hope you guys enjoyed our April Fool's episode. What the hell was that? I mean, it was like... I had to, like, move a Rubik's Cube off my desk when I got here today, and there was, like, I was wearing, like, board shorts, jams. That, that was that was the frightening part, actually. Yeah. I was wearing teeny tiny skater shorts is what I was wearing. But it was, uh, it was fun. But welcome back to 2021. We are no longer in 1986. And this is an actual episode and not our April Fool's episode, so we will have some news. Yes. So, as you know, I am actually Greg. That is actually Rob. I am Rob. And we actually had a third host named Jimmy uh, around for uh, 177-ish Well, he's still named Jimmy. Still named Jimmy. Uh, But he is stepping away from the podcast. So, first of all, we are continuing. Uh, we are not going to record as, a, as 1986, but we are continuing. Uh, pressing on without Jimmy, but he was there for the founding of the show, and he was there throughout all the growth and highs and lows of the show. He might have been the reason we were so popular in Belgium. We don't know. I, I, without question. <laughs> but I think he, you're uh, the reason we were so popular in Pakistan, though. Oh, clearly. That, but... No, he, he uh, you know, he brought some awesome interviews to the show, and he brought a lot of content to the show, and he is stepping away um, to take a break, I believe, from being on air. Although, if he decides to do another show, we will be, of course, able to tell you guys where you can find that. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, he stepped away. And he did leave a message for you guys. So you get to hear Jimmy's dulcet tones one more time. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and I wanted to let you know that this will be the last time you hear me on the podcast. I have left the show, and the show must go on, but without me, Robin Gregg, best of luck to you guys. I'm out for the last time. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and thank you all for the support. So thank you, Jimmy. Thank I'm you, sure. Jimmy. You will be missed. I'm sure the uh, the listeners like to hear that goodbye, and they are uh, driving in their cars with tears streaming down their cheeks that it wasn't me that left, or the the weird sexually addicted one. I think that's you, Rob. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> My but, lawyer uh, has advised me that I cannot speak of this. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. So, um, but as I said, the show will go on. We've got some interesting stuff planned, and we will. Um, Allegedly. Yes, and we will uh, let you know what those things are as we roll them out. But we have a show to do. And And this is a Side B episode. Oh, yeah. Which means we're going to talk about the 1986 movie, April Fool's Day. And, of course, we'll answer our Give Me Five question of the week. Now, we should have talked about this before we went on the air, but we didn't, because I'm terrible at that. Uh, So, spoilers. This movie is better, I think, without spoilers. You you know what? You are absolutely right, sir. Yeah. Um, You, of course, picked this movie, I think, because of the fact that it's the week. We watched it the week of April Fool's Day. We're releasing it the week after. We're actually recording the day before April Fool's Day. That's true. Um, But I was pleasantly surprised about this movie. 
And I was as well. And part of that was because of just the the situation. So we, I think, we should try to not spoil this movie. Okay. Now um, I, th- now I think there are people out there that will be able to read into our words, just based on what we talk about. And well, that's what you do with words; you read them. Yes, or you listen to them. But look, they'll, they'll be able to figure out behind the words um, what we're actually talking about. So if you have the ability to watch this, this was on Amazon Prime, correct? Correct. And I believe it's actually free with Amazon Prime. Yeah, so it was free on Amazon Prime. Um, if you are worried about that and you're like, man, I've always kind of want to see that. I've seen the poster with the, the girl with the, the noose tied into her hair and the knife behind her back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like, I really want to see that and I don't want to be spoiled or I just never got around to it in the past 20, how many years? 34 years? God. <laughs> yeah, we're old. Um, you know, go ahead and watch it now. Come back to the show afterwards because we're going to have a fun conversation about it. But uh, we might end up spoiling a little bit of it in our review, but we will definitely warn you beforehand so it's that you 35, don't. 35, by the way. 35 years? It is. It is 35 years. Anyway, so that's it. So that is our spoiler. Now we're going to talk about April Fool's Day. This movie was released March 28th of 1986. God, almost exactly 35 years ago. (laughs) Yep. It was directed by Fred Walton. Uh, And it stars... uh, Let's see here. uh, Direct-to-video Kevin Bacon. (laughs) It does. Uh, Almost Christian Slater. Yeah, (laughs) that's correct. (laughs) Matthew Broderick, if you only see him far away and in profile. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that one. Possibly James Spader. Maybe, yeah. Less hot Marky Post. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had a crush on Marky Post. I saw her first. Yeah. Not Deborah Winger. That... <laughs> You're right. She's not quite Deborah Winger. Yeah. And uh, the guy from Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox? No, not that guy from Back to the Future. Uh, Christopher Lloyd? Also not him. Uh, no, not him. The either. guy that played George McFly? Nope, nope. <laughs> Thomas F. Wilson, also known as Biff. Oh, and okay. really, yeah. that yeah. guy from Back to the Future. Yeah. No, really, what, what it, it stars, uh, Jay Baker, Ken Oland, Pant, Pat, Pant, Pat Barlow, Clayton Rohner, Griffin O'Neill, uh, son of Ryan O'Neill, Deborah Foreman, and Thomas F. Wilson, who is, in fact, Biff from Back to the Future. Uh, and that guy recent, that played George McFly was Chris Glover, by the way. So now we are, of course, joking. We, we got a chance to watch this movie using uh, Amazon Prime's, like, party watch party feature so watch we were party. we actually watched it with a couple of patrons yeah we could watch it with a couple of patrons and it was a great time um probably a good time to talk about our our patrons right now you know let's just get it yes. out of the way because if you would like the opportunity to watch movies with us in said amazon watch party we in fact do have a patreon and for just $5 a month, you get access to our Discord. We'll make a birthday episode about you. You you get access to things like the Amazon Watch Party, of course, assuming that you have Amazon Prime. Yeah, we, we're not hosting the movie. You're still, you have to have Amazon Prime uh, or whatever other service has a watch party. And then we'll, we put a link in our, um, in our chat, our Discord, Discord chat. chat. You yep. click on it, you watch the movie with us and chat and have fun, you know, making fun of it and... Really, uh, some of the things we're going to say really got from our patrons. Yep. And And we stole jokes from our patrons, which is what we do. Yep. And and some of the things you'll get access to with Discord is, you know, you'll get early access to the movie that we're going to be reviewing. You're going to get early access to what the top five list will be. And you'll also get an opportunity to submit your own top fives list. Top fives. Top five list. So... There are other ranges. At the higher ranges, you'll also get access to show notes. You'll be able to join us and help curate an episode. 
And if you're interested in joining, that is patreon.com slash give me five podcast. And a special shout out to our patron of unusual size, Mr. Alex Alameda. You know, this is the first time that patron thing went off without a hitch and no one screwed it up. And that's because I didn't say anything. That's right. Shut your mouth, Greg. Done. (laughs) Okay, we're talking April Fool's Day here. The synopsis of this movie. Nine college students staying at a friend's remote island mansion begin to fall victim to an unseen murderer over the April Fool's Day weekend. But nothing, but nothing, is as it seems. Nothing at all. There were nine students? Uh... I didn't think, think so. there were that many. I don't know. Not Kevin Bacon, not Christian Slater, not Matthew Byrne. I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go. Rob, why did you pick this movie? Or is it just the It was the strict, obvious? It was strictly because it was April Fool's Day. And I, re- I actually very vividly remembered the poster for this movie. And I had I remember, never seen it. I remember it on the 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 thing. Like, on the uh, video store racks. Because mm-hmm. it's a good poster. In fact, I'll be honest, I forgot that it, that was the poster for April Fool's Day. I actually thought it was the poster for Prom Night. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the poster is like a, a light background with a group of people at a long dinner table. And you're, you've got a view of this lady's back who's standing basically at the head of the table... And she's got her hair braided into a noose behind her. She's holding a giant kitchen knife behind her back and holding up a a glass of champagne or whatever with the other hand. And it says April Fool's Day on the bottom and everybody's like toasting. And it's it's, it's a very distinct cover. Yeah, it's a... We actually put a little image of it on our... uh, On the uh, Instagram page, um, Gimme5Pod. But it's kind of cropped. But you'll... You just see that image and you know exactly what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I hadn't seen it. I just figured it was another silly slasher movie because, you know, Halloween came out and Friday the 13th came out and horror movies were making a ton of money mm-hmm. relative to how much it costs to make them because, you know, the big things back then were like big time dramas and then there were sci-fi movies because Star Wars brought all these sci-fi movies, which are expensive to make and then slasher movies which are cheap and make back their budget in one weekend or two weekends of release. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah, you talk about the 80s slasher film, but that's one of the reasons there were so many of them. Um, when watching this movie, I just, there was a couple thoughts that went through my head, but not on a spoiler front. I just, everyone looked like they were having fun. And yeah, they, they, they really did. It, it, the, the, it looked like the cast had a really good rapport mm-hmm. and everybody kind of got along it this this looks like one of those movies where it would have been fun to be at the off hours parties and get togethers and stuff yeah and it was i've there is a small documentary i also watch which i will throw in little bits of information okay and all of the people in the now for the most part not a lot of the people were famous yet um but Except for thomas f wilson uh, he, well, I don't think he had been in, had he been in Back to the Future? Yeah, I guess he had to have been. yeah. But he, and he was known for being a comedian at that point, also. Mm. Um, and I think, I think, uh, I think the, uh, director video Kevin Bacon actually had been in a lot of stuff, because he, mm. well, no, Leprechaun was 93. Yeah. Griffin because O'Neill he, was famous because he was a famous, uh, the kid of a famous person. Right. But he, and then the, uh, Anyway, he was he kind of came in as the known quantity, and he had money and mm-hmm. stuff. So they kind of, as kids, they basically got to stay in this this mansion on this island that they were filming at. And on their time off, they would go and travel around the island, and go. On, they would rent boats, and uh, two of them ended up buying a car or two cars. Mm-hmm. And then they, because it was up in Canada, they bought cars and they drove them back to California, like when the filming was over, because they became friends, and. You know, just, it was, the movie, it of course does the thing where the the kids act kind of douchey. But well, I think like most of them. with kids. Yeah, but I think that they were actually kind of likable. And like, or with the stuff. Or 30-year-olds playing kids. Yeah. I think that 
this movie more than any of the others, like the humor actually hit a lot better than most of the other comedy bits in horror movies from the 80s. Yeah, it really did. Like, I thought it was, I actually thought it was legitimately funny when Thomas F. Wilson was making fun of like the Muffy and Buffy thing. Like when he was talking about like yuppies at the beginning on the mm-hmm. dock. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, at first he started it. I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those movies. Then I was like, oh no, he nailed it. Yeah. Well, then I think I think a lot of that was simply because the they they were so comfortable with each other and in front of the camera that all of the dialogue just kind of flowed as opposed to sounding like they're saying shit that they wouldn't normally say. Yeah. Well, in that particular part, they just let him go with it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he was he was known for improv. Mm-hmm. So they when they realized they had hired a someone who is a good comedic actor, they let him improv. A lot of his parts. Oh, in fact, excellent. there's a lot of improv in this movie. That was um, a great directorial decision. Yeah. Uh, the director is Fred Walton. Mm-hmm. Um, he was known for When a Stranger Calls. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah the call is coming from inside the house, right? That, I mean, that's like a famous one right there, too. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking, because he did... Uh, uh, the Sitter, which was the short one, A Stranger Calls, up to April Fool's Day. And then he kind of stopped doing movies. Everything from that point on. Really? It looks like uh, TV movies. When A Stranger Calls Back, he did um, he did a Miami Vice episode. And, you know, this there was no crazy stuff about this movie. You know, it went off well. The actors did well. And um, I guess right around this time, I think he got married and had a kid. And decided that he was going to back away from movies. But I'm legitimately sad about this. And this is another thing I got from that documentary. Um, he, and we watch a lot of these things, right? Like, mm-hmm. we'll watch a lot of these movies. And then we'll watch the documentary where the making of with the director. And you see the director talk for five minutes. And you're like, oh, that's why the movie sucked. Like, yeah, well, you know, I never made a movie before. But I like boobs. So I figured... <laughs> Why not make one? <laughs> We've watched several of those. <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy, like, I was entranced by his every word. Like, mm-hmm. he, when he was talking about his feelings about stuff and why they did certain things and how they got around certain uh, issues with the, the twist that we are not going to talk about, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, I would love to see what other movies this guy made. And then I looked, and at the end of this interview, he's like, yeah, you know, this movie really caused me to uh, stop making movies. And it wasn't a stressed out thing. It was just a thing. So, really? Yeah, I would have liked to see where he would have evolved to. Because both and of those movies. And it was this movie in particular? He's after, right after this movie, he, he went to straight to TV. And it was, it was just the timing. You know, okay, not, so it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of this movie. It wasn't it was, I was so stressed because of this movie. It was more... Um, he had gotten married. His wife had only lived in Manhattan or Los Angeles. His wife had only lived in one place, mm-hmm. and she wanted to go somewhere like a little smaller and quieter. So I guess that's what happened. Um, but, you know, in the movie, it didn't do bang up business at the beginning, but it, uh, you know, it definitely made a mark after a while. I mean, all of us saw it in our video store. That means that people are renting it. See, people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, so the movie starts off with these kids basically getting ready to go on a boat trip over to this Island and they're playing pranks on everyone. And, uh, the pranks kind of escalate. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's some wounds, wounds to be had. Yes. And there, there definitely are. But I also loved all of the little pranks that they did actually inside the house. So, like, the whole environment was in on it, or was was in on, like, the pranks, which obviously makes it a prime, a, a prime location for the murders to start occurring. Mm-hmm. Like, that, the chair was great. The- oh, the chair was awesome. And, like, the way they filmed it, too, where it looked like it could actually work. Like a chair that the back legs fl- spring out and then close back up after the person falls on the ground. Yeah, I immediately like started considering how to do that to some of my chairs. 
Not gonna run. lie. Run, Jen, run. The yeah, they have. There's the there's fake knives. There's all sorts of uh, whoopee cushions. There's you know just the the um. Did you ever have any of these these type of pranks? Did you ever do those? I had the wine glass one. No, I, I I was never really a big prank person. I'm not a big prank person either. My my big prank last year since you know it was a good idea to play a prank on my wife before we get locked in a house for a year for for uh, the pandemic. Um, yeah, I went and bought. I had previously bought um, like a giant bag of googly eyes, and I replaced most of the eyes on our family photos on the walls with googly eyes. That's and, awesome. Yeah. That was about the extent of it. Although, uh, for months later, I was still like, whoops, forgot that one. <laughs> I was finding googly eyes, um, both on my picture still and the ones that had fallen off. I was finding them in French Bulldog poop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo. Because, you know, Bulldogs like to eat the stuff. Um, I think there was a scene in this movie really touched the borderline of 80s uh sex is it sexism but didn't quite go over it as much as some of the other movies and i was wondering about this scene where all the the women are reading cosmopolitan in a kitchen i think and they were talking about they're doing like a sex quiz um so you remember you remember that scene right yeah they were like yeah, yeah. talking about the sex quiz and like they were getting increasingly dirty as they were reading it, you know, like talking about like stuff that you didn't really hear about in the, in eighties movies, like, you know, orgasms and anal sex and oral sex and just all that kind of stuff. Like it was always, and I was like, Whoa, this is interesting. But one of the things I noticed in this era learned in this interview is the people, the actresses were all friendly and they were doing a real cosmopolitan quiz. Um, and the director really? had overheard them and was like, this is these, these actresses are getting along in a way that the real friends would in the movie and doing this quiz. I wonder if they would mind doing the quiz, you know, live. So he basically pulled the questions from the magazine, but didn't want to pull the answers for obvious reasons. So she's like, he's like, just make stuff up. And all of this like nasty stuff, you know, relatively speaking, that they're saying is all like the actresses like improving. Nice. And like all of, I don't remember which actress they're talking about. Um, I think it was Deborah Foreman. Okay. Uh, they kept on saying how she was like, she was the more experienced, uh, actress and like, man, she was dark. Um, and that she would like, she would push it. Mm -hmm. And now they like interview her. Like I saw a bunch of interviews with her, and she's like, sweet little, you know, actress woman. She was, uh, let's see. Yeah, she was, wait, she, yeah, she was Muffy. She was Muffy and Buffy. Okay. She's awesome. Uh, she was in Real Genius as well. As, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Valley Girl. Yeah, I think she was the one they're all, like, talking about as being, like, sort of insane. And apparently she was just recently in uh, uh, Valley Girl. Like, uh, they did a live-action remake of Valley Girl on TV in 2020. So, hmm. I might have to uh, check that out at some point. Although, I think it's a musical, so I might not have to check that out. I think you would want to poke your eyes out at every every turn. Yeah. And um, maybe stab your ear holes. <laughs> it, it is possible. Uh, so, I did like, as you said, all of the, the pranks being... Uh, you know, happening, and then we got a good cat scare. Someday, I really do want to uh, do an episode all about the cat scare, where you're watching a horror movie and you hear, Meow! and the person like jumps out of the way because a cat jumps down. Yeah, and like it doesn't actually happen. Cats, and you know the the one that always comes to mind for me for that cat scare. What? Robin I know which Hood. one comes to me. What one? Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Halloween 2 for me. Yeah. Which, because they... Uh, and I probably wouldn't have come to my mind if they didn't do it at Halloween Horror Nights. But they mm. actually had a scare that was based on the cat scare. Kind of nice. nice. 
going to do a five-part uh, five history of the cat scare. Well, I think we actually already talked about that at one point, didn't we? We did a top five with the... Um... Fake scares? Yeah. Maybe. we got to come up with that list of top fives. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, there is uh, some sex in this movie. <laughs> some really weird entangled sex, too. Yes. Like all pretzeled up. Yes, which is also... Because these people got along so well. They they were filming a regular sex scene. And they... The actress, I said, was weird. Uh, was funny. She decided... She thought it would be really funny. Let's do a position that would be impossible for anyone to do. So there's actually another actress on the other side of the bed sticking her leg up and through. So if you really look and count out the legs, there's three legs. Like f- three female legs. Mm. Sticking up and around. And then like extra hands and stuff like that. So... The one dude walks in, catches the you know two people having sex, and um, slowly it's, backs out. So yeah, slowly backs out because they're it's you know, like yoga esque, but it's really funny that they have that. Um, that they did that. Yeah, they said it was Deborah's idea. So it, was, it so all of the funny stuff is Deborah Foreman. All of the like crazy, uh, over the top stuff is totally her. Nice. Um. Who was the first one to go? I don't remember. I got it right, actually. Was it? I did. I did. Was it the, glasses? I did the bet thing. No, it was the prankster guy. Okay. The guy who the guy who took the the knife in the belly at the very beginning. Yes. Yes. So he he's the first one to go, and we we see him in kind of an interesting way. Based on that's the, he's the one you see in the other sex scene, right? Yes, Where they see him through the floorboards. So it's kind of a cool. They're having people having sex in a boathouse or a storage place, and you see this body float by. Just kind of a cool little thing. But yeah, and who the hell is on their back having sex and kind of rolls their head around to look between the floorboards? Well, you know, maybe I someone. It. It's a movie. They had to find it somehow. Exactly. Uh, there's another sequence with a snake right afterwards, and we're we're just kind of buzzing through the death scenes here, and I'm kind of doing it on purpose. Um, so we've now visually lost two people, and then another one goes missing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene with a well, where one of the characters, female character, is like they they find a well, and like, well, we should go down there and check it out, right? Mm-hmm. I forget why they decide to. I think it's just, it's a well. Let's look. Um, they climb down this ladder. One of them does. They were she... going to get water because the, the sink, the, the, the water in the sink turned black. So they went to the well to just pull some up. And the dumbass dropped the bucket in the well. Yes. And then they find some floating heads in the well. Now, and a this... whole body. Which is like, oh, well, that's where that other lady was. <laughs> yeah, and this, you know, and, and we're, we are being as vague as they are about the kills. Because a lot of times these kills are happening off camera. Um, mm-hmm. And you just kind of find the bodies. Which, you know, I thought this was kind of par for the course back then in some cases. Things were either way gory or way off screen. Uh, the, when they filmed this sequence, uh, <laughs> so... It, they this is actually really interesting I think it's interesting when they made it they made like a half a well in there so they could film it and of course it was filled with water and the the um the crew was all sitting in the water and like waiters and just doing whatever in there mm-hmm. nasty cold water uh, they were all smoking cigarettes and just tossing them in the water and she had to climb up and down this ladder and fall like 30 40 times over and over and over again and she ended up with like a massive ear infection Really? The actress, yeah, as a result of it. And so, like, even though she had a good time filming this movie, she was talking about how she got an ear infection. There's also a scene. Uh, do you remember? This is a baited question, by the way. A, do you remember this scene when she was running through the forest and fell into a um, pond filled with spiders? No, you don't. Because, no. They act, because they actually cut it out of the movie. So this actress... 
they actually had her run through a forest and like it was supposed to be dark and she was to fall into a, a pond and the pond was literally filled with spiders like the little like water ones that are on top mm-hmm. of the water so she was just like oh, fine i'll do it and she filmed it and then when she saw the movie they had cut it from the movie <laughs> she's like are you kidding me <laughs> she's picking spiders out of her hair I'm like you douchebags I'd be pissed. Yeah. Uh, That's when I guess one of the the side. I mean, you're getting paid, so it doesn't matter. But, like, when you do, like, the stunt that you're, like, most proud of and it gets cut, you're like, fuck. Um, I hate all of you. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, What what else you got? What do you want to talk about here? Um, Well, without, without giving away... Too much. We we discover that our uh, that our host actually has a twin. Yeah, horror movies have to have twists, man. Yeah, you know, if there's the Friday the Thirteenth twists, uh, the first one at least. Um, I guess Halloween kind of has one a little bit. Uh, you know, they they always have to have that one layer, and a lot of times the twist or why is something happening. Yeah, we have sleepaway camp. That's because he was a she, or she was a he was was a she. She was a yeah. She she, well yeah okay because she was a he, and the aunt was crazy, and you know there's just all these crazy twists of which we won't spoil. Um, and this one, you get the feeling that there is a twin situation going on here, which is and the the creep factor is slowly ramping up as as it goes on, and more and more people go missing. Um, they try to call the sheriff. At first, the line's dead, but then it starts working again. I'm not sure what happened there, but you know, they call the sheriff, and he tells them to just stay tight, stay together, and you know, he'll be there. He'll be there shortly because um, he had to take somebody back to the mainland because they were hurt. So, and of course, he said that you know, when the tide comes in, and then they show the lake right outside of the house. That they pretty much show the entire lake. Uh, thank you, Scott, for pointing that out. Um, not a lake big enough to have a tide. Yes. So that was a little... A little weird. Yeah. Uh, there was a random girl wandering around the house that was um, very strange and quiet and awkward and weird. She stared a lot. Yeah. So that, you know, you, that was a thing. Um you know, there was someone angry at them, so maybe we were like, well, maybe that guy came back and just wants revenge. And there was, uh... Oh, and there was, like, little hints placed around the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Like, hist- like it, little historical remnants about these people, so... And it's, it's, like, it's like somebody is trying to torment them, so people are thinking that there's, there's somebody who, who is, like, hunting them. Yeah, or was like yeah wronged by them, right? And you know, and they're told to stay together. And of course, like every horror movie, as soon as you tell somebody to stay together, they're like, you know what? I'm going to go over here off into the woods by myself and take a leak. <laughs> here, hold like, my hold my gun while I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a great idea. But you know what? Let me keep the beer. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to spill your beer on your gun. Come on, that shit would rust. I know. It'd be absolutely terrible. So I'm you wander pee. off into I'm the I'm just going to pee behind beer. this shed full of chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Alone. Very alone. Uh, as people start disappearing and uh, them finding their bodies, they, they definitely do one horror, horror movie thing where I think it was the guy, he's like, lighten them up, lighten up. You know, come on. We can still have fun. And We're on like, vacation. What are you talking about? People are dead. <laughs> What your fr- your friends are dead? What are you talking about, dude? People in horror movies need to act like they're in horror movies, apparently. Because if people in horror movies acted like people in real life, one as soon as that happened, they'd be like, "Nope, see ya." I'm out. <laughs> like I'm just gonna lock myself in this closet and swing knives at whoever opens the door. <laughs> and. The the stereotypical scene that I think of every time somebody talks about that is actually from Child's Play. 
Because it was one of the first times that I ever remember going, what the F is she doing? You know, and she's holding Chucky in front of the fireplace, and she she puts it on high, and she's like, say something right now or I'll throw you in the fire. And his head spins around, and he says, I'm Chucky. Want to play? And she freaks out, drops him, and he rolls under the couch. Now, any normal human being is going to up and run the hell out of that apartment. Yep. What does she do? She gets on her hands and knees and sticks her face under the couch to look. I'm like, really? Really? (laughs) No way in hell. Curiosity killed the dumb character. Dumb horror character. (laughs) I am running the hell out of that apartment. I might even lock the door behind me. Yeah. So... We are build. This is we are building towards a climax here. So here's I think actually here is the spoiler part because don't so, spoil my climax, Greg. I will not spoil your climax. I'll never just think about the Golden Girls until your climax is toned down a little. Just push your climax a little bit later. Um, be Arthur on a cold day. There you go. <laughs> um, so spoilers. Go away if you haven't seen this yet, and you... This is... Okay, first, let's... Rob, should they watch this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think they yeah, should. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it's it is, a, I think it's it a fun movie. It is an enjoyable time. Okay, so, go watch the movie. Come back, and we're going to talk spoilers here. While we were watching this movie, of course, with someone who had seen it before and knew exactly what was going on and did a great job... Of not spoiling it. Of not spoiling it. Because he's a goddamn American treasure. That's got... Um... I was thinking one thing, and it was, this is really interesting how they're handling the kills, where almost all of them are off camera, and and a few times we were like, well, who's that? Because they were just, we were just seeing the bodies, or the corpses, mm-hmm. or heads, or whatever, and I was like, well, who's that? So, uh, you're probably better at describing the ending now than I would be, so can you... Uh, Close we, out the the movie here. Are we okay to go ahead and spoil it. We can spoil it away because we we're going to we kicked, spoil we kicked everyone else out. All we right. can also talk about all the people that left. Man, those people, those bastards. If they no. if they don't come back to listen to the rest of it, they won't know that we're, we're saying about them. That's right. Shh, don't tell. Make them listen. So the it it boils down to just two people are left, and the killer is chasing them through the house. And gets the two of them separated. She locks one guy in the pantry. She locks the guy in the pantry and she's chasing the girl around the house. And the girl runs headlong into the den. And when she enters the den, it's like she's entered another house. Because everywhere else in the house, the lights are off. The power's been cut. There's nothing. The phones are dead. You know, nothing. She pulls the door open, walks into the den, or runs into the den, and freezes in her tracks. Because all of her friends are sitting there in the den, just like ignoring her. Which I thought was a really weird sequence, because it went on way longer than it should have. Like she I like that, actually. Well, I kinda... but she, came, she came storming into the room, and nobody even looked up. That's why I liked it. See, I thought it was kind of like a, a heaven kind of thing. Like, like to mess her up even more. Like, am I seeing spirits? I don't know. I just thought it was a, kind of a cool, weird effect. And, th- and that's kind of what I thought it was. And then everybody... Like a dream was, sequence almost. Yeah, and then everybody was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And she, and she still doesn't believe it. You know, they're like, April Fool's. And she's still... She's like, what? And the dude... That was like trying to get through the door. He's like, "I love you," and all this stuff. And clearly, it's the the most soundproof doors ever because ever because he He's didn't only hear like all of his friends. Two rooms away because he didn't hear them all going April Fools, and he's out there. And I, the way they cut back to it, 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 I thought it was. I kind of thought that first part was a dream sequence, just the way they cut back. Because mm-hmm. the way they did cut back, it looked like they were replaying the same sequence again. Or almost like she had been killed and didn't know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like she was see, like she was now with her friends again because they were all dead. 
And then, of course, you were like, oh, the movies call it April Fool's Day. Duh. (laughs) Yeah. Duh. And then, and then you, and then you find out that it's all been a um, a plan that she needed to test first because she wanted to turn the house into like a a destination resort where people came for like murder mysteries. Yeah. Like, like an escape room. Yeah. Yeah. So the house. And even even at this point, I'm still waiting for the for the flip to the actual murders. Right? And then at the end, you get one more and you're like, "Oh, here we go. This is it. This is it." And they the the host actually at the end gets her head pulled back and somebody slits her throat. But guess what? That was an was, April Fool's joke too. And it was the guy uh that had been hit by a boat earlier in the movie. No, it was the girl. Was it the girl? I, yeah. Well, wait. The guy. The when does the girl. guy that got hit by the boat show up again? Because there's a he part came where, like, into the. He showed. He was in the pantry with the guy, and he peeled off his. He peeled off his prosthetic makeup and plastered it on the guy's face. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how the guy is. It's revealed to the guy. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. turns out some of the people were with him. The girl's actually not a twin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. So here we have a slasher movie, a slasher horror movie that has zero body count yeah which is kind of interesting i actually really like that and it was mm-hmm. it was it was a nice little twist and i really appreciated it so i hope you've seen it because if you haven't we just ruined the ending for you but the movie is still a lot of fun and you should check it out one of the things that happens with movies with twists that i've noticed and or where you don't know who the killer is or whatever mm-hmm. sometimes they'll put scenes in there where the give you a hint? Well, the, well, no. Where the actor is still acting out. So if like there's an actor that's the killer, but you'll see them be scared of something in a certain scene where no one else would see it. Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot, a lot because they're trying to throw the the viewers off. But so like in this case, the fact that they hid a lot of the kills, or because they weren't kills, but in this case, I thought it was really an interesting way of making sure that. You know, as people were "quote unquote" getting killed, they're getting let in on the joke, right? So there's not anyone that's like acting out of sorts because they're the killer. You know, like I've seen—I I don't remember them offhand. I was trying to think of them, but I've seen movies where the killer is like—they show him on camera alone, like sneaking through a house, like scared that someone's going to jump out and kill him. And I'm like, well, and then he gets a cat scare. Yeah, and it's like, well, we found out that that person was the killer, he would have not been doing that. He would have been getting ready to do his next kill. Right. And so, and this, it happens a lot in twist movies because, you know, they, they have to show the viewer what they need the viewer to believe. Right. To throw people off the trail. They need to trick the viewer. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. And that's actually one of the reasons why I was kind of gushing about the director because it didn't happen that way. Um, of course, when you look at these movies also, you're like, well, if you're putting someone through this much fear, someone's going to get killed, mm-hmm. probably by accident. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought for sure the guy with the gun was going to off somebody. Yeah, because like at that point, if, if if I'm stuck in a house and someone's killing people, I'm going to grab something as a weapon, and it's going to not be a fake blank gun or whatever. It's going to be mm-hmm. even if it's a table leg. You know, someone's getting hit with it. Like, Jesus, man, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. And I'm sure that if, you know, we really wanted to be, to go that crazy, we could have really gone in there and, and been like, well, this was, yeah, this was wrong and that wouldn't have happened and that couldn't happen. Oh, there was the, the dolls too. We didn't really mention, did we mention the dolls? No, we didn't talk about yeah. the dolls. Yeah. Up in the attic? Yeah. So like the, when the kill, when the killings get really weird or the killer gets weird, they start finding dolls that are showing what had happened to the various people. So it's kind of a. That that's another thing that just throws you off the thing. You're like, okay, clearly someone really, in this group doesn't like that. Really well planned out, and it seemed like they were just leaving little things for them to find. Mm-hmm. So, I I actually really enjoyed the movie. I, yeah. I do recommend it. Uh, so just some other little information. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this this movie was filmed, late summer 1985, came out in 1986. Of course, we said. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was actually almost cast as the lead, but really? she was not. Yep. Um, the producer was Frank Mancuso Jr., who also produced uh, Friday the 13th. 
Okay. And um, he, the director said he was really bad at meetings. Like he would kind of freak out during meetings. And Griffin O'Neill came in for a meeting and was also bad at meetings, or he was just a pampered rich kid, but they didn't really get into that. But because he was doing his his meeting with the director and in the middle, and his younger brother was there. Um, and, and Griffin O'Neill picked up a magazine and started reading it in the middle of the interview. And his brother was like, what the fuck are you doing? And took it away from him. Which I thought was kind of funny. Mm. Um, when they found out, I already said this, when they found out Tom Wilson had uh, done stand-up, they, they made him do the comedy stuff. Um, the house was actually two houses. Same island, two houses. Oh, nice. <laughs> two houses, one island. <laughs> Um, Two houses enter, one house leaves. Yes. The upstairs is a different house from the downstairs. The upstairs was actually the house from the movie Five Easy Pieces, and it had and Jack Nicholson had shot that there just a couple years before. Oh. The snake sequence, there was a stunt double that did actually uh, – the, the stunt double had never worked with snakes. was kind of freaking out, and the snake wrangler was like, oh, no, it's fine. Here, let me show you the snake. And the snake wrangler got bitten as he was about to show the snake to the stunt double. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy was like, uh. And, uh, you know, they didn't know how. The, the whole movie was written to spoof slasher films and the people's reactions to so. But the company that made it had no idea. I think it's Paramount, actually. So it's probably on Paramount Plus, too. Uh, they had no idea how to market the film. So it did not make very much money. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the extent of it. So I thought it was good. And uh, what do you think? Remake, uh, revisit, or rest in peace? Or remake, revival, or revival, rest in peace? Or rest in yeah. peace. Got to write that I'm, down. I'm definitely going to say... I'm going to say revival because I think it works in the time period that it's set in. I mean, you could very easily do a remake and have the island be, you know, out of cellular range. Yeah. No, I think I I think revival, and I think, um, you know, if it takes off or people start seeing it as a cult classic, like you know, maybe even a revival with a little bit of marketing push behind it, I would love to see mm-hmm. what a sequel would be like, and actually do it the opposite, where the kids are completely disregarding the murderer, thinking it's a fake. You know, maybe it's the the kids of the parent of the the children of the kids from the first movie, and they're like, "Oh, my parents told me about this weekend," and it turns out that you know someone is there. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that should someone who does are, have a grudge. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the the girl's idea didn't work out, or someone in the group stole their idea and opened up their own scary hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is that. I let me. I'm gonna stop it because I did not get history. I did, but I just gotta find it. Oh. Okay, so you said you had the box office for this I movie. I do. I do. Oh. Um, this movie actually had a budget of around five million dollars. And it's opening weekend. Sounds like my cheeseburger budget. Well, yeah. I do like a cheeseburger. I did. Cheeseburgers are delicious. It's opening weekend actually pulled in $3.3 million. So it did very well on its opening weekend. Um, it's total gross in the USA, which also happens to be its cumulative worldwide gross, was $12 million, uh, almost $13 million, $12.9 million. So it made its money back. Yeah. Uh, the movies that it went up against, since I the other movies that were the top ten for this thing, mm-hmm. um, Hannah and Her Sisters, okay, uh, Sleeping Beauty. So this Disney was re-releasing cartoons, I guess. Correct? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know the history there, but um, I don't see Sleeping Beauty as being an '80s movie to me. Like, no, it wasn't. But I'm guessing because there was not really a major VHS market, whatever. Uh, so Sleeping Beauty was eight. Out of Africa was seven. The okay. color purple was mm. six. Pretty in Pink was five. I like how it's color purple, pretty in pink. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all the movies. The, uh, oh, 
Holy shit. Number 14. Rad. Also came out the same weekend. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it came out the exact same weekend. I did not. I don't know how we caught that. Um, let's see. Uh, Pretty Pink, April Fool's Day, ended up number four. Uh, Gung Ho, mm-hmm. number two. The Money Pit. Still never seen that, actually. Number. Um, I'm sorry, Gung Ho was number three. The Money Pit was number two. And Police Academy 3, which you already said uh, in our Blast from the Past episode. Uh, side A is number one. Music. I am always fascinated with this because I think now, if I looked at the music charts, I would be like, I don't know any of these songs, as we've talked about. But I know almost every one of these songs. Mm-hmm. So the top ten songs. Uh, the one I don't know probably would, if I heard it, would This Could Be The Night, My Lover Boy. Let's Go All The Way by Sly Fox, which is definitely one of those you know it if you heard it. Uh, Sarah by Starship. Sarah. Sorry. I had a Starship moment there. Uh, Nikita by Elton John. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, that's that one. Oh, okay. That one. Yeah. That one. Nikita by Elton John. What You Need by NXS. Kiss by Prince and the Revolution. Number five. Uh, R-O-C-K in the USA, which you can't actually say without kind of singing it, by John Mellencamp. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was number four. Secret Lovers. That's what we are, Rob. Uh, Oops. Not so much of a secret now, I guess. By Atlantic Star. (laughs) These Dreams by Heart. You used to love Heart. Number one song of this week in 1986, Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Ah, Rock Me Amadeus. Ooh, Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah. Nice. There there actually was a, was a couple of historical things happening around that time. Um, one thing that you didn't mention was March 26th was when Geffen Records actually signed Guns N' Roses. And earlier that month... That was a good uh, investment for a while. Yeah, no shit. And earlier that month, Metallica actually released their uh, Master of Puppets album. The best album. There you go. But something else that we talked about in our Side A episode, on March 24th, NASA published their strategy for safely returning the space shuttle to flight status. Nice. Yep. A couple of other things. Uh, The Disney MGM Studios groundbreaking was on March 27th of 1986. So that was, well, I guess that had to be the one here. Yeah, actually, so if you guys are on our Instagram page, that's Gimme5Pod on Instagram, uh, I put up a little picture that had that actual groundbreaking in it because nice. I thought that was kind of interesting. You kind of forget how long it takes to build a damn theme park. So cause yeah. I, I always thought of MGM as more of like a 90s, like early 90s. Yeah, thing. well, I also, I also forget how how long it's actually been around because I'm like, oh, man, that was in the 80s, really? Right. right, like that's the new park. Well, not really anymore. The Animal Kingdom is, but like for a while that was the new one. Right, right. Um, what else happened? Uh, Beatle record, Beatles records officially went on sale in Russia on March 29th. Nice. Got her. Uh, I think... Russia's finally allowed to listen to, uh, you know, the American dog pig music, which was actually from England. Yeah, there, there was, uh, there was a couple of other not so, not so great, not so happy news, but... Nice. Yeah, I saw there was a plane crash. We don't want to leave you guys on a plane crash. No. We want to leave you guys on some movie twists. Mm, or or pop culture twists, twists I believe. So. Yes. So the question this week was, what were your top five favorite plot twists? Now, it can be from movies, television shows, books, whatever you want it to be. Nice. Now, I went about this probably a different way. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I guess not. I was thinking some of them I kind of figured out, mm-hmm. but I didn't completely figure it out. Where I kind of figured out in a, wow, it'd be kind of neat if they did this. Okay. And then I just kind of let it pass over my brain. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, damn it, I called it. But I didn't say it to anybody and i didn't really put my no, finger I can't on get it. credit for it yeah i didn't put my finger on it kind of thing so like i did that uh i'll let you put your finger i did that with six cents which is going to be one of them of course mm-hmm. um so well 
let's do this here. Um, I'm organizing as I look at this here. Good radio. I'm going to go with my number five as the sixth sense. I want to go with that one. Okay. Um, the of course the uh, by the way spoilers for all of these. So if I you hear us say the name of a movie and then we're we're gonna spoil it. So just you know, yeah. Uh, so my number that six sense my number five. Uh, Psycho. Okay. The even though I had this one I knew the twist before because it had been out like thirty years or forty years before I saw it, <laughs> uh, if not more. Um, of course the everyone thought that you know everyone thought the mom was killing to protect her little baby but no uh my number uh three memento okay uh, and i thought that one was really heartbreaking the twist i don't did you ever see that movie i did not but i know the twist yeah so i thought that was uh, super heartbreaking and it's one of those things that i kind of forgot that i had seen it in a movie uh number two i'm gonna go with fight club actually okay and I Solid thought, choice. Yeah, I thought a Fight Club had a, in a way, it was a really good dissection of mental illness, whereas where it kind of made you the person who was mentally ill as you were watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one, a big twist that I actually could not wait to share with my child, but a certain Lego video game screwed it up for me. The Empire Strikes Back, I Am Your Father twist. Mm. Now, I'm sure we talked about this before. Because we did best villain twists, and that had to be at least some I, I some think of our that number was ones. On there, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think which that... is why I left it off of my list. Nice, but my list does have an honorable mention. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one that we talked about a little bit earlier on there as an honorable mention because it's such a creepy moment in the movie. And that's the when a stranger calls. Ah, yeah. She's she's getting the threatening phone calls, and then she gets called back from the police. The calls are coming from inside the house. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. Yeah. So uh, we, have, we have a few seconds here. Did you had you heard that story before in the movie? No, I had not. Well, we were uh, the movie came out before we were alive, I think. But the director, when he was working on that movie, the director, of course, Fred Walton, who did April Fool's Day, when he was working on that movie, people kept on being like, oh. That happened to so-and-so who I lived near in New Jersey. And someone's like, no, it happened to me when I lived in Seattle. It was an urban legend. Yeah, it was an urban legend. And he was like, well, do I make this movie that everyone already knows the story for? Or do I not? And he did, obviously. And it became a huge hit and gave him some semblance of a career until he walked away. Yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting little story because I had heard that story too. I had heard that story before I saw the movie, and then I was like, "Oh, someone just told me the movie." But who knows? It was I was like, you know, eight. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue. So that'll be my honorable mention. My number five is going to be one that has made its way into the American lexicon. I'm sure that you've heard the quote. Whether or not you knew where it came from, you know, I can't say. But when something becomes that pervasive, you have to kind of give it a nod. Okay. And I'm going to give that to Soylent Green. Ah, yes. Soylent Green is people! Shit, there's an entire health food that's called Soylent as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's a uh, meal replacement drink that's called Soylent. Yep. It is not. I believe that's made from kelp, and I prefer to drink people. Yes. Call me when it's made from people, and then we can talk. Mm -hmm. So that'll be my number five. My number four is going to be a combo, actually, because oddly enough. Academy one and three. No, No, oddly enough, they have the same twist. Ooh. And that's going to be the novel series that I have read and talked about on this very podcast called The Red Queen's War okay. and Planet of the Apes. Ooh. At the end, you find out that we've actually been on Earth all along. Now, it was, it was um, foreshadowed a little bit more in the book, 
because you were wondering why all these people acted like you know this and why they had certain words and why they talked about certain things the way that they did and then when you realize that oh this is actually generations after the earth has been destroyed and you're actually still on earth okay it makes sense but it's a nice little twist and it's actually used in both planet of the apes and the red queen's war uh, i believe it's a trilogy it's either a trilogy or a quadrilogy but i think it's a trilogy so the red queen's war is my uh, Red Queen's War, Planet of the Apes is my number four. My number three is going to be Fight Club. My number two is going to be usually one of the first ones that comes to mind anytime I talk about this because I did not guess it. I was blindsided by it. I have no problem admitting that. It caught me off guard, and that's the sixth sense. Okay, yeah. I did not see that coming. You know how hard I, I did. Giggity. That one I didn't catch either. You know how hard it is. I think both of us were at Blockbuster at that time because it, it came out in the summer and I was working at a Blockbuster at that time. Mm. How hard it is to keep people from spoiling that movie because it took me weeks to see it because of work. Really? Like I didn't see it the first week it came out. And I finally saw it, and but people were coming in like, "Did you see it yet?" No, and they're like, "Oh, we're not going to say anything about it," and I'm like. Because as soon as someone says that, your mind just starts looking for the twist. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. So he finally ended up seeing it. But, yeah. Very hard not to get that one spoiled. I Sorry. I did not see it coming. And I was very, very pleased with the twist. I was like, oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think, I think M. Night Shyamalan kind of, like, made his career on everything. Or on that movie. And then was just given a pass on a lot of the garbage that he put out after that. Yeah. Number um, one. But my number one is going to be somebody who has fallen out of favor and that we don't like to talk about, but it's still an absolutely incredible movie, and that's The Usual Suspects. Nice. That's one of the ones I figured out somehow. Really? I was sitting there, and he was talking, and I was like, he was just doing a spiel, and I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to be able to come up with an alibi just by looking at stuff around a room. That's what went through my head. Like, it'd be funny to, to, like, just pick things out of a room and just kind of, like, insert them into my story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, then I shook it off and just kept watching the movie. And then at the end, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm a friggin' genius. Yeah. I'm a like, genius. What? I'm a genius. Like, why didn't I write this movie? But, yeah, that was a good one, though. Um, there was a, that was a good era for movies with twists. Because mm-hmm. the internet hadn't quite been there to ruin the big ones. Everything. So ever so, when someone said you have to see this movie to learn the twist, no one was just jumping online to learn the twist, and then they actually had to go to the theater. Yeah, because usually they go with their friends. So we also have some lists from our listeners. Oh, we do. We do. The first one came in from Alec, our patron of unusual size, and it came in on voicemail. Hey, give me five podcast top five twists. Number five, the 24, the season one. I don't know if you remember that show, but in season one, the, the reveal of the bad guys in the last episode was kind of crazy and it involved somebody getting killed. So that was pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, number four would be Fight Club. I think the twist, uh, in Fight Club obviously is, is pretty shocking. Number three is the ending from the usual suspects when you find out who is Kaiser Soze. Number two is Lost, uh, the flash-forward episode. I think that was from season three. And then I think the biggest twist I can remember is uh, obviously the ending of The Sixth Sense and we find out something about Bruce Willis' character. So those are the top five uh, twists for me. Thanks. Bye. Excellent list again. That 24 mention, there's actually still some actors uh, slash actresses that I still don't look to who the same way just because of who they played in that show. So if you really look back, there's a lot of big names that came through that show. Uh, Rami Malek, um, a few other people as well. Uh, Kim Raver as well. We also had a list come in via message because apparently Matt slash Jubals, as we have occasionally talked about him, has been busy. But we thank him for taking a moment to write to us. So... His top five movie twists. 
Number five. This one's about Saw, and it's the dead body on the floor was alive all along. And the opposite of that for number four, Sixth Sense, of course, Bruce Willis was dead all along. His number three comes from Friday the 13th, that is, Jason's mom is the first killer at Camp Crystal Lake. And let's see here, uh, number two, Us, that the mom slash wife was actually the doppelganger from the underground. And his number one, coming from Empire Strikes Back, that Vader reveals he is Luke's father. The ultimate spoiler that everyone knows now, but didn't know back then. So again, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Alec. And I think that takes us out of our show. That was episode 178. Uh, again, thank you to all of our patrons. And yet another thank you to Jimmy for being there for the first 177 episodes. As thank well you, as, Jimmy. We will miss you. As well as all of our uh, Game of Thrones coverage. And basically, you scroll back in that list and your interviews you did with uh, various people. So you scroll Maybe back in that can. list. Maybe we can get you back on every now and then for another episode. We'll see. Yeah. We got episode 200 coming up. Just saying. Mm. So, if you guys would like to get in touch with us, you can look us up on Facebook, searching for the Gimme 5 podcast. As usual, the 5 has to be spelled out. Uh, you can look us up, give me 5 pod at Twitter and on Instagram. Email us, give me 5 podcast at gmail.com. But whatever you do, Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider uh, and, you know, leave us reviews and, you know, tell your friends about us and all that. That, stu that stuff really helps. I believe we are also going to be added to the Samsung free podcast app that's going to be on every single Samsung phone mm. uh, due to our hosting. Uh, they allowed us to get in on that early. So I have not heard exactly when that's happening, but I know we got approved. So awesome. that's a surprise to you as well, Rob. It is. Um, so if you have a Samsung phone, you'll be able to get to us without any twist. other. Yeah. Yeah, that was my twist of the show. Uh, you will be able to get a chance to you know, hop on and see that without downloading anything. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, guy. Your podcast is open and your host is Twinkies hanging out. Spoilers. Rob, tell us about April Fool's Day. What? Do I want to do it? Yeah, didn't you want to do that? Okay. <laughs> Remember because of the whole name thing? Oh, yeah. You're fucking terrible at this. Have you done this before? <laughs> I'm the new host. <laughs> uh... Also, that's a good outtake. <laughs> you telling me that I'm terrible and me being like well yeah <laughs>